Hello and welcome to Mole Muki Pepeo. My name is Jasmine Nomboi and I am your host. I'm in a very new environment because I'm home in Akuru and this is quite a very different experience. But this month Mwalimu Kipepeo turns one and I am so happy that we have come this far. It has not been easy but one thing I will attest is that it has been an exciting journey of learning and making new friends and I just cannot wait to see what more is in store for our ever growing community. I also take this opportunity to welcome our over 500 new listeners and followers on social media. I am amazed by how much we have grown even without doing so much. To our loyal listeners, we shall do more this coming year to make your Mwalimu Kipepeo learning experience even better. Today, we merge last month's events as we focus on mental health in several aspects. The month of May had World Press Freedom Day, Mother's Day, Menstrual Hygiene Day, and we were also observing the Mental Health Awareness Month. So we shall craft something around all those topics. Stay tuned for that and more. Believe it or not, the greatest crisis in the world right now is mental health. The Kenyan government has taken this issue very seriously over the past three years or so, and just this week, an ultra-modern mental health facility was commissioned in Kajiado County. This will go a long way in curbing the global crisis on a national level. We shall start this podcast with a few words from President Uhuru Kenyatta, who spoke during the groundbreaking ceremony in Gong. Let me say how pleased I am to join you all today as we strengthen our social response to the plight of our brothers and sisters who have for long been suffering in silence from mental health challenges. Historically, mental health services in Kenya have been of very low quality and inaccessible to the majority of our citizens. And for a long time, the Madari Referral Hospital and teaching hospital was the only institution of its kind in our country. But my administration has made some impressive gains in healthcare generally. Progress on mental health care has not kept pace. Out of the 47 counties, it is only 15 that have some form of mental health management units, and most of these facilities are in need of significant infrastructural improvements to enable them to offer high-quality wellness services to our citizens. And it is for this reason that this facility is a most welcome development within our health sector. It shall, and in addressing the mental neurological conditions that have become more prevalent in Kenya, be of tremendous use. Indeed, available empirical evidence shows that 25% of our outpatients and 40%, 40% of inpatients in our public health facilities exhibit mental health conditions. Indeed, our country has recorded a rise in cases of suicide, anxiety disorders, increased drug and substance abuse, and this situation has been made worse by the inadequate numbers of mental health workers, a lack of efficient diagnosis 
and referral systems, and shortages of the tools and medicines required for proper treatment. To address this health challenge, we constituted a few years back a special task force on mental health headed by my good friend Dr. Jenga, Santisana Daktari, to study the status of mental health in the country and to recommend transformative solutions to reform our mental health system. True to its mandate, the task force submitted on time its report in July of 2020. The report clearly specified the key mental health issues that are of concern to Kenyans. But more importantly, it, provide, it, it provided clear recommendations, which, once effectively implemented, will go a long way in improving the mental well-being of our people. I do urge every Kenyan suffering from mental health challenges to seek assistance from the expanding network of facilities and services. Let therapy and mental health checks be a regular part of our health care, just as regular checkups are the norm for physical health. And to my fellow Kenyans, I call upon each and every one of you that has worked together to eliminate the stigma around mental health by actively supporting those in mental distress through offering a helping hand and an, undertaking, and an understanding shoulder to lean on. We are here today because we are here to tackle a problem that many of us prefer to brush under the carpet. While Press Freedom Day was also observed in the month of May, during the annual celebrations, Sue Baker, who is the International Mental Health Advisor, had this to say. What's really important is that you need leadership at the top of an organisation that says it's okay to talk about mental health and it's okay to seek help. So during the election, it's a very busy time, it's very pressurised. I was hearing this morning about the threats to journalists that happen. You can have a lot of online comments and bullying that goes on when you're a high-profile journalist. So it's really important that there's leadership of by employers, the media companies, to support staff to speak out if you're struggling because you have mental health and well-being just like somebody working in a bank just like somebody working for a charity or government and your mental health and well-being matters and so you need looking after and it's psychological safety as well as other safety that matters I think what's really important is that um, people get the right information about mental health and we were hearing a lot this morning from different speakers about misinformation and how to help deal with that and how, how to help um, undermine that with proper information that comes from reliable, trained media sources. So I think when you think about for mental health, it's really important that people have reliable sources for information. And one of those sources is through the media, but it's also through digital platforms. A lot of people, if you're struggling, for example, with depression, will look up online, what are the symptoms, where can I go for help? So there needs to be reliable information which the media can report about what to do if you're struggling, how to look out for the signs and where to go for help. So digital media can play a really positive role in health information, including mental health, but it can also play a very negative role when uh, really damaging uh, material and imagery around you know, suicide methods or encouraging people who might be susceptible to eating disorders. You can see some really harmful content. 
and there needs to be really good moderation of that so that that doesn't keep encouraging young people to undertake similar traits and behaviours. So the social media and media can be a positive thing or it can be negative, so it needs to be well managed. So in the month of May, we celebrated Mother's Day. And Mother's Day is, I think, celebrated more than Father's Day is celebrated. And I think it's because of the kind of stress that mothers go through, even before childbirth. You know, the, I think there's a lot that mothers go through. And, you know, even when a child is born, that's not enough. I mean, a child is born and then this is a whole new concept to a mother. And many women suffer mental health issues at that point during pregnancy, after childbirth, and even on to the next like one, two years after childbirth. And so that's why it's important to check out on anyone who's given birth just to find out, are they okay? Are they doing well? Don't keep away from them like, oh, she just got a new baby, so she needs time with the baby. No, it's important to go and visit and find out how they're doing. Are they taking it easy? Are they take easy? Are they finding it hard? Those are some of the things that, you know, we never know um, is a problem until we've actually gone through it. And I don't think it's it's good for you to go through it, for you to know that, you know, this is actually a problem. So for me, what I'd advise anyone who's listening is check out on that new mom. Check out on that woman who's just recently given birth. It could be her second born, her third born. Go and check her, uh, Go and check out on how they're doing. Are they? Every pregnancy is different. So are they still? Are they going through tough times? Are there things that they need? Are they feeling overwhelmed? Because sometimes it can be very overwhelming, and one thing I've realized is that one in five women experience a perinatal mental health problem during their pregnancy and in the first year after the birth. All kinds of factors can contribute. It could be low mood and anxiety, which are common mental health issues. Um, but it's important that they are fully taken care of and fully addressed and it is vital that red flags are not missed to ensure moms receive the care they require. Health professionals like GPs, you know, health visitors and mid midwives can play an important role, spotting red flags early, helping to make sure families get the right support as soon as possible. Um, women with pre-existing mental health problems may be aware that they have a higher risk and they will ask for support. However, they may still not know where to go or feel like there are barriers to get help. So if someone with an existing mental health problem is thinking about pregnancy or already pregnant, lots of support is readily available. And this can include preconception advice, psychological therapies, parent-infant bonding and advice you know, it's important that they don't stop any medication. So without advice from a medical professional or a perinatal specialist, mental health service as an individual risk assessment should be carried out. So if it's carried out, you know, it's important that they realize that it's something that should, you know, be taken care of. Then anxiety or intrusive thoughts can go under the radar, especially when things have not happened the way you expected them to happen. Sometimes the feelings of shame, of guilt 
can come up. And so it's important to check up on that person who feels like, oh no, why am I pregnant? The last pregnancy was just last year or the last pregnancy or it's my first time to get pregnant. I got pregnant without getting married. You know, those are some of the issues that women go through. And so for me, I'd, 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 as um as we celebrate Mother's Day in the month of May, I would require, I'd request all of us to look into these women, you know, their mental health. Sometimes they might seem okay, but they're not okay. You know, then there's also postpartum psychosis and assessments are taken, are undertaken so that they find out if, if this, if a mother is going through this nowadays, but you can actually go and find that out for yourself when you visit a woman and just find out, is she okay? Does she want to carry the baby? Is she feeling like, if sometimes you don't want to let go of your baby, you just want to hold your baby throughout because you're afraid you'll kill them if you, you know, sleep with them or if you let them stay on the bed alone and you're in the sitting room. So those are some of the things that um, I would request that, you know, we, we focus on. Celebrating Mother's Day just doesn't mean that um, let's celebrate our mothers who are alive right now. Sometimes celebrating Mother's Day can be a trigger for people who've lost their mothers also. So they don't even want to see anything that people are saying on social media. They never go to social media because everyone is talking about their mother. Everyone is posting a picture about their mother. So that can actually trigger some people's mental health. You know, and it would be important for us to also be sensitive on that. I'm not saying that you should not post, but just know that that's as much as we're celebrating, it can be a very beautiful day for some of us and can also be a horrible day for some of us. Yeah. So I hope I haven't rushed through this. I know I speak very fast sometimes, especially nowadays. I understand that I do. <laughs> I realize that I do. Um, several people have told me that I do. So I've, I have been trying to, it's been a mental thing to tell myself, girl, you better talk slowly so that everyone hears. So I hope um, this has been clear for every one of you. Thank you. On June 16, 1971, thousands of South African students in the township of Soweto took to the streets demanding to be taught in their own language. Armed police officers responded by murdering hundreds of protesters. This day is now recognized as International Day of the African Child throughout the world. The day focuses attention on the barriers African children face in order to receive quality education. Now you know. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Molly Mukipepeo. Please like our Facebook page for brand new episodes every week. Remember to like and share this episode with everyone you know. I'm Jasmine Nombwe. Let's meet next week for another learning experience. Ciao!